Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Right now, we are very happy to go out to the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by Chris Beyer. He's a former Major League shortstop. He was a three-time All-Star and won a 2001 World Series title with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And we are happy to talk to him after this Red Series. He's with the Reds as a coach from 2008 to 2013. Chris, we sincerely appreciate the time this morning. How are you doing, my friend? You know, I'm doing well. Um... This is my first year away from baseball. I'm uh, retired now, so uh, it's uh, it feels a little different. What's <laughs> it like? What's it like to have time where you're not regimented every minute of every day, basically? <laughs> you know, it, there is that sense of freedom, and every day is like a weekend for me. Um, you know, I'm I'm here in California, and I'm right near the beach, so you know, it's it's really really phenomenal. And uh, you know, I made the decision that you know i needed to i needed to kind of reconnect and and enjoy my grandkids while i can so um you know it's been it's been phenomenal i've been i've been really really happy well i was about to ask you chris about how long you think until you miss the game but then you said beach and grandkids so i'm assuming you're (laughs) never going to miss the game that much right no you know there's a lot of things that i'll miss about it and there's a lot of things i won't miss about it uh but uh you know, when you get into this time of the year, and uh, I think they've played about 60 games now, and you kind of look at the standings, and, you know, the juices and the competitiveness starts flowing, you know, especially, you know, when you get into some of these series like, you know, like the Reds and, and St. Louis and, you know, St. Louis with the Cubs, and there's all these little rivalries that go on, and, you know, you miss that. You miss the camaraderie with the guys in that competition. So, Chris, that's a great jumping off point uh, from from the the former status of being a player and a manager and a bench coach at the major league level. What when do you start evaluating your team in a season? Because like you mentioned, you're about 60 games through right now. You're not halfway, but you're past a quarter mark is now where you start to evaluate and say this is our team. Or do you still have a couple more weeks before you really know? You know what? I think there's always a there's always the um trying to make the team better that always goes on but you get a really good sense especially if you have some younger players or or some older guys or people that are coming off injuries this 60 game mark is a, is a pretty good uh pretty good time to kind of sit there and say okay uh moving forward um you know what do we need to do maybe to get better and uh this is the time i think you know for general managers and and the manager to 
to have these conversations and you know you got you got trading you know possibilities uh coming up and uh you know you want to make you know you want to you want to be competitive you want to get into that playoff scenario and this is about the time you can kind of look at it and say okay we've given our guys you know over you know 100 at bats 150 200 at bats and uh you know from the pitching standpoint well we can't go into pitching because that's <laughs> that's that's always a work in process you know progress it's uh you know you can always you can always have you know more pitching so um but this is a good time Chris Beyer joining us here on 101 ESPN, former Major League shortstop. He was a three-time All-Star and is a baseball lifer. He's been coaching or was coaching in baseball for about 20 years, his first year out of the game now. Uh, Chris, I'm always curious. You know, you you were with the Reds from 2008 to 2013. You have been a part of what was a big-time rivalry in that span as well. What do you mm-hmm. remember most from those Reds versus Cardinals head-to-head matchups? Oh, you know, it was fun. Uh you know, I think, you know, you play so many games, you play 162 games, and when you get into a series like that, there's there's extra juice flowing. You know, you know, you take it from the top of of, uh, you know, when you look at the teams, and and we had, you know, we had Dusty, and St. Louis had Tony, and you know, there, I think, you know, I think there was always that, you know, a respect, but also a little bit of a rivalry between those two guys. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was funny about Tony is, uh, you know, as the bench coach, which I was with Cincinnati, it was my responsibility to, you know, get the lineups up and, and send over the lineups and receive the lineups and do all that kind of paperwork. And, uh, Tony, Tony was, uh, a little relentless in regards to, he'd send over a couple guys. He says, well, I know that these guys are going to be playing haven't really made up our lineup yet. So there was always a little bit of battle there, but then, um, you know, once the games got going and, you know, we started to have some pretty good teams, uh, with Cincinnati. Um, but there was always that extra boost, um, with St. Louis to, you know, to win that series. How much of your managing experience and your baseball knowledge, Chris, did you take away from being around Dusty every day and then, of course, seeing Tony La Russa as much as you did in St. Louis? You know, I tried to pick up a lot because, uh, you know, I had aspirations, I think, early on in my uh, coaching career, you know, to, to figure out a little bit, you know, if I got that chance, you know, what type of manager would I be? And, uh, you know, I got to, I got to mention, you know, another couple of guys, number one, you know, Tony was a a master with, you know, working his, uh, you know, his bullpen, you know, he had to help with Dave Duncan, but those guys were really, really good at getting, you know, getting the most out of their bullpen. And it was about keeping them, you know, keeping that, that bullpen and that pitching staff, you know, on the same page. You know, and Dusty just always had that uh, ability, uh, no matter, really no matter who you were as a player, uh, upbringing, uh, uh, position or anything, he just had an ability to connect with people. Um, You know, and he, from Dusty's standpoint, and was, you know, he was more concerned and he made that player feel that he, that he really, really cared about them, not as a 
not as a baseball player, but as a person. And he had that uh, ability to communicate with them. Um, but there was another guy that I had a brief stint with, and he was a St. Louis manager. I got traded over to St. Louis Cardinals uh, middle of July, and I was under um, Whitey Herzog. And Whitey had that ability also. He he was, you know, for me, a player's manager. And, uh, you know, I took away a lot, a lot from that, that, you know, it's important to spend that quality time one-on-one with players, uh, not just as a group, but, uh, you know, to, to take an interest in, in their, you know, their upbringing, their background, and where they were as a person. We're talking to Chris Beyer here on 101 ESPN for another few minutes. Uh, Chris, one thing that I did want to ask you about today, there was some news over the weekend that it sounds like Major League Baseball is going to start cracking down on these foreign substances that they believe that pitchers are using to increase their spin rates. Uh, you, you're, you're a lifer in this game. I am, I'm curious, when, when, you, when you saw this uh, as a story that has started to develop over the course of this season, what, what was your reaction to it? You know, as we all know, players, pitchers, hitters, everybody uses something to get a better grip in either the baseball or the bat. And that's been going on, you know, from day one. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always been, I think, every single pitcher that I've ever known usually has some kind of sticky substance that that he wants to – tap every once in a while to get a a better grip and you know i don't have any problem with with that in uh you know in in regards to feeling and and having a feel of the baseball um you know again you're looking at a pitcher that's out there and you talk about st louis you talk about the heat you talk about the humidity you know the, the the sweating that these guys are going through um, you know, the rosin just may not be enough that they have out there. So everybody's always used that. I don't have a problem with that. Now, when you talk foreign substances on the ball, uh, if it's just for grip, no problem. But I played with, you know, a pitcher that is famous for adding a substance that made the ball do different things. And that was Gaylord Perry. And uh, he put on, you know, a, a substance that would help it help, help the ball move. And it wasn't about spin rate. It wasn't about grip. It was about decreasing the spin rate. So it acted, you know, in, in a tumbling effect so he could get ground balls. Now, if you're going to do that, I have a problem with. But the grip thing, I don't. It's interesting. The other thing that I think is going to be very difficult for Major League Baseball is just like, how do you determine in the moment what is and is not the substance that you're looking for? Because it seems based on everything we've heard, even the hitters have no issue with using a little bit of the rosin with sunscreen to get a better grip because they don't want them hitting the, the hitters, of course. And then if it gets into some of this other stuff that has come out that is truly tacky and sticky, that's where the line kind of comes in. But how do the umpires in the moment determine that? It seems like it's a difficult spot. It does. You know, it really does. I think, you know, are they, how are they going to, ju- you know, figure that out? You know, unless Major League Baseball and just puts out a list of things and says, you know, if there is a tacky feel to the baseball, that is not, 
you know, that that will be okay. I, you know, I have no idea, you know, and they're putting this burden, you know, um, either on, you know, the umpires or what, you know, I know that Gaylord, you know, the, the, his glove, his hat and everything else was always looked at to see if they could find that substance. Uh, and they never could because he never had it there. Do you, so do, I have no, I do have you know no where idea. he had it? <laughs> oh yeah. I, you know, but I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should say anything about that. <laughs> I don't fair. know. I don't know if he's come out and said where he kept it. I think he kept it, a, a, you know, he was so deceptive, you know, in regards to um, how, how he got it and where he got it from. And I think he probably changed it a lot. Interesting. But I know it was, ne- I know it was never on his hat or his glove. Interesting. Hey, Chris, we appreciate the time this morning. Continue enjoying retirement. Have a bunch of fun Thank with you. those grandkids of yours. All the best, and we'll talk with you again soon. All right. Take care. Thanks, Chris. You got it. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just 3 bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. <sighs> Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.